When I was growing up during you know the glory days of Miami Hurricanes football, the Canes used to have the type of defensive line that would just bully the opposition and steal their lunch money every single game. Can we get back to that? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts, and we are also available free on YouTube. So by popular demand, we allowed our listeners to choose our adventure for today's episode, breaking down another position group. They want to hear about the defensive linemen. Tackles, edge rushers, transfers, recruiting, just makes my head spin. And honestly, guys, this is one of those exercises where when I start to really do the deep dive on the research, you feel better than I even expected going into the research as to just how deep this group feels. Uh, Now, especially at defensive tackle, I think there's a lot to prove. Defensive end got a huge injection of transfers. Who better to help us break down all of this with? Good friend of the show, and this is somebody, if you're a Canes fan, you need to be following Gabby Yerudia, who does an awesome job covering the current players, covering recruiting for Inside the U at 24-7 Sports. Gabby, how are you, sir? I'm good, Dono. Appreciate you having me on again. Uh, I definitely enjoy being on with you. Of course, man. And so, all right, well, let me throw out some of the names out there. A lot of the names, tackle and edge rusher, and then we'll start to dive in on a few of these players, specifically defense. Uh, Leonard Taylor, Jared Harrison Hunt, Jordan Miller, uh, Daryl Jackson, who just transferred in from Maryland, Akeem Mesidor, who just transferred yeah. in from West Virginia, Mitchell Agude, transfers from UCLA, you know, more familiar faces, Jafari Harvey, Elijah Roberts, Chance Williams, more transfers, Antonio Moultrie from UAB, Jake Lichtenstein, who I thought had a good spring game yeah. out of USC. You got Cyrus Moss and Nigel e. Kelly in uh, in the recruiting class this year, the class of 2022. But I want to start, Gabby, in the interior, right? Because I'm I'm hoping Miami can finally find and develop another Vince Wilfork type. And if you go by the pedigree, Leonard Taylor, who's a former top 10 recruit in the country, heading into his sophomore season out of Miami Palmetto, he's got that type of pedigree, Gabby. And we saw him late in the season uh, on the back nine really starting to flash. He played in nine games last year. 21 tackles, eight and a half TFL, a couple of sacks. Talk to me about Leonard Taylor and your expectation for this coming season. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, just kind of even dating back to high school. I mean, I believe we had Leonard Taylor ranked as the number three overall player. I mean, these are the types of guys that you bring into the program and that you expect really, really, you know, big things from down the line. And, you know, he led the team in tackles for loss as a true freshman, despite a pretty limited snap count. I I, I mean, you, you did say that, you know, Later in the year, he got more of a shot, but still to lead the team and, you know, tackles behind the line of scrimmage as a true freshman coming off that, you know, really high star ranking. I mean, I think it's definitely a glimpse, you know, into his future and what is sort of to come for him. You know, I think he's someone that's still developing, still someone that's generating, you know, 
just building his body up and you know really he's still kind of a puppy you know really just a true sophomore but you know I, I do think that there's going to be some high expectations for him and you know what he can do in this system especially with a few other guys that you mentioned I mean with the Akeem Mesadors the Mitchell Goudes you know where he doesn't where he can't be really the focal point of what you're doing on offense in terms of protecting you know just we got to stop Leonard Taylor you can't do that because you got a couple other guys around him I think that could potentially open things up for him too I'm expecting pretty big things from him here man uh you know again he's one of these recruits that you know kind of felt like one of those can't miss prospects uh he definitely proved it on Friday nights at Miami Palmetto and you know definitely excited to see a, a, a developed Leonard Taylor here in in this in Kevin Steele's defense and you know he's basically a lock of course to be a starting defensive tackle do you agree that the other starting defensive tackle, his wingman, is likely to be Jared Harrison Hunt, fourth-year redshirt sophomore out of New York State, former three-star recruit, 17 tackles, two sacks last year? What's your projection for Mr. Harrison Hunt? I mean, I think Jared, Jared Harrison Hunt, I mean, he's one of those guys, that, again, just kind of looking, I, I kind of always view things just in the recruiting point because that's just how I'm sort of wired. But I mean, as a, as, as a guy coming out, I mean, Alabama came in late. Uh, a lot of big time schools came in late trying to, you know, get him. I mean, he has a crazy athletic profile. He was doing like windmill dunks and like, you know, in outdoor basketball leagues at, at uh, Christ the King, I believe the school is the school that he was at yeah. up in New York. And, uh, you know, he's someone that I think has a really, really promising athletic profile. I think he has a great athletic background. Um, you know, I think he's someone that under with this strength program, I think he's someone that could really just continue to elevate. Um, I'm not sure if I see him as like the guy next to Leonard Taylor, just considering who they brought in. I think Akeem Mesador could potentially be someone that lines up next to him. And I think he's a versatile chess piece that you could potentially line up on the strong side. But then you got Jafari Harvey and Mitchell Agude, who I'm actually really, really high on. So, you know, I think Akeem Mesador is definitely going to be one of those guys that probably features on the defensive line. Uh, but I mean, I think Jared Harrison Hunt, and I mean, you're mentioning how deep it was. I mean, you got Jared Harrison Hunt, you got Jake Lichtenstein, you got a bunch of guys out there that you can mix into the rotation. I think that was the point of all this with Mario yeah. Cristobal and how he attacked the the trenches. Well, okay, and let's let's pick up on on Mesador because this to me, and we did a show, Gabby, a few weeks ago uh, on on this network about the transfer portal players, and I predicted Mesador would have the biggest impact of yeah. any of the transfer players. And there's a lot of good ones that Miami brought in. Now, in his two years at West Virginia, played mostly on the edge. His first year played in the interior. The second year. Um, you know, from what I understand, he prefers playing on the edge, uh, but he's obviously capable of playing both at a very high level. So where do you think we'll see more of Mesador? Is he going to be like a Swiss Army knife that they can line up a lot of different spots on the D-line or is he going to focus on the exterior or interior? And just like maybe the more traditional like four man set like that four three look Miami gives I think he'll probably be more of an inside guy but look I'm mm. I'm not I'm I mean I'm kind of expecting Kevin Steele to show some three four looks I mean even just talking mm. to recruits some of the some of the you know formations that some of the roles they sort of tell some of these recruits they sort of envision them for our th our three four looks I mean I definitely anticipate to get I, I you know for Kevin Steele to be multiple and I think when they go to that three four look you can see you know uh, Akeem Mesador being that guy on like you know on the strong side you know being one of those like strong side defensive ends that uh you know can definitely be productive there so i think that there's a lot of different ways that i mean again we haven't seen how this defense is going to sort of roll um i expect a lot of different looks a lot of different things from this defense and i expect the key messador you know given his versatility to be a key piece and you know when they start switching things up to be a guy that can do a lot of different things well and you know really at a high level for miami i think that's why they're so excited about him so if we start talking about, uh, and I, I love what you say about being multiple and mixing in some 3-4, uh, if we're talking about, though, the four-man front, 
who do you think the best four would be when you throw out names like Taylor, uh, Mesidor, Harrison Hunt, Jordan Miller, Mitch Agude, Jafari Harvey, Elijah Roberts, Chance Williams, Antonio Moultrie, Lichtenstein. Yeah, so, and again, it's like the more I talk, it really feels like a deep group and there's going to be a heavy rotation. But who do you think is like your all-star team, like your best four out of that? Yeah, I mean, my four would be, you know, I think it would be Jafari Harvey. I think he's earned one of those spots. Um, I'd probably go Leonard Taylor, Akeem Mesador, and then I'd go Mitch Agude as as the other edge. Uh, you I know, it. I I mean, I'm I'm again, I'm a big Agude guy. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, couple more. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit more about Antonio Moultrie, who transferred in from UAB. Which it's funny because like it kind of felt like a big deal when the transfer was announced, and then so many other guys on the D line transferred in that I yeah. think Moultrie gets a little bit forgotten, but. I mean, is he ready to have an immediate impact? I mean, he better be because I think he's a, he's an upperclassman. Yeah, I mean, I, he's someone they brought in. I think they're really excited about. It. I mean, I think he was one of multiple pieces they were, you know, obviously trying to to bring in and, you know, missed the spring with that shoulder issue. Yeah. From what I understand, he's still sort of working his way back from that. Um, you know, I don't know if he's 100% fully cleared yet, but I mean, this is a former like second team all conference USA player. You know, he's a guy that was highly productive at UAB. Miami saw UAB a couple years ago. I believe that was De'Ara King's first start for Miami. And, you know, they were not a tough, like that was not an easy win you know they had a couple nfl players on that defense guys that have gone on to be drafted that are currently on nfl rosters right now i mean they i, I feel like that was a, a solid conference usa program they had like shut down the program brought it back and were immediately successful um with what they did there so um you know i think antonio moultrie i think he can definitely factor in well as one of these rotational pieces and i mean this is sort of like the analogy i give all the time i mean you look at the teams that were in the college football playoff um you know bama best pass rushers in the country with Dallas Turner, Will, Will Anderson, yeah. obviously great interior guys, Georgia, Jordan Davis, and that defensive line, that front seven. I mean, that's where you need to be strong. So you can have talent and Antonio Moultrie is a great player, but Jordan Davis only played like 50% of snaps for Georgia last year and was a first round pick. Like you need guys that can rotate. Cause I think how important that defensive line is that defensive front and that offensive front. Um, you know, I think that's super, super important in college football these days. If you want to compete at a high level. You know, for a couple of years, we got pretty spoiled, right? Because 2019, Greg Russo had a huge season. Yeah. 2020, Jalen Phillips had a breakout season. Uh, last year, nobody had more than five and a half sacks, and that was Zach McLeod, who's who's moved on. So you didn't have a whole lot of right. individual pop when it came to creating sacks. I think we both know how important the pass rush is. Miami's got a really deep secondary, but the pass rush has to help them out, right? Because if every quarterback has five seconds to throw, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, Tyreek Stevenson can only cover somebody uh, for so long. So do you think Miami is going to have sack-wise a bounce-back year and kind of give us more what we were used to a few years back? I, I do. I mean, before last season, I think, uh, you know, each of the, I, I guess during the year, I think he had had a, someone collect at least eight and a half sacks or something like that every year. Yeah. I mean, Gerald Willis in 2017, maybe I'm not really sure who it was in 2018, but Gerald Willis in 2017 was a, was a freak show on the defensive line too. So, uh, you know, Miami's definitely been pretty spoiled. I do think that with this group, uh, you know, it, there's going to be a more, I guess, aggressive approach, you know, just more tenacious. Just, I think there's just going to be, there's just more guys that can get after it. Even if let's say there's not that one guy, let's say Jafari Harvey or Norm Mitchell Goudet 
are double-digit sackers. I think that there's a lot of different guys that can get to the quarterback and just be disruptive. I mean, that's what the being like, you know, being defensive lineman is all about. Just create havoc. Just be disruptive. You know, get the quarterback off the spot. You know, make him move around in the pocket. Make him make a you know an off-platform throw. And uh, you know, some of the great ones can make those throws, but you know, obviously a few great ones in the ACC. But you need to give your yourselves a chance there. And I think when you get to when you create that havoc, when you create that disturbance for the offense, I think that makes life easier for your defensive backs. You know, so. It's just about getting back there. It's about just changing plans, you know, immediately. Just And I think Miami has a good group of guys that can get back there and make those things happen. We're talking with Gabby Arudia from Inside the U. Uh, we're going to focus when we come back on a couple of incoming freshmen who I think could have immediate impact and uh, a very intriguing transfer at defensive tackle who I think is a really promising developmental option. Guys, Let's not forget, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup. We got game three tonight, tied at one between the Warriors and Celtics, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. I'm on there checking college football futures every single day. I've already locked in Miami over eight and a half for this coming Ooh. season. You can check it all out at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. And hey, guys, we have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, simply go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey, and thanks for your help. Alex Dono alongside Gabby Arudia. Now, Gabby, when I mentioned that Miami over under eight and a half, yeah, I noticed a little bit of a reaction out of you. <laughs> am I am I too bold to smash no. the over? No, no, you're not. You're not. I, I think it's a. I think that's a. I think that's a strong line though. That's the. It is. That's the line that I'm sort of tight roping right now. Do they go over eight and a half or not? Yeah, no, it's a great line. And a, a couple weeks ago, we had uh, our gambling expert Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets, and he was like. They nailed the line, so he's not betting it either way. Like yeah. he thinks they'll probably win nine games, but like he's got to. He says he's got to be more confident than right. just a half win over. I think they're going to win fifteen games, right? How, how many <laughs> do you have to win to, to win the college football playoff? I think that's a fifteen yeah. gamer. So we're going to smash it, no yeah, problem. Let's do it. Let's, do it. <laughs> let's get back to the to the defensive line. Uh, Daryl Jackson, who transfers in from Maryland, he's uh, still he's an unfinished product. I think it's safe to say, but yeah. this guy, unique size at defensive tackle at six foot six, like that. That's yeah. usually you know edge rusher height, right? But six foot six, three hundred pounds. This guy is just built different. He's got three more years of eligibility. What can they turn this young man into? Yeah, man. I mean, I've heard Daryl Jackson a few times since he's gotten to Miami, just kind of being around the facility and stuff like that, being at that specialist camp last week and watching him walk out of workouts. And I mean, he is a, he's a, he's definitely a first off the bus type of type of body. I mean, six, six, uh, you know, I think a little bit over 300 pounds. I mean, 86 inch wingspan is, is the number I got. So his wingspan is 
absolutely ridiculous. I think, you know, he's going to be one of those guys when it's his time to get to the NFL combine, he's just going to measure off the charts and there's going to be some NFL teams that fall in love with him. If the, if the production matches and, uh, you know, I think that he has a chance to do that again, he's a sort of a freaky looking defensive lineman, but yeah, as you mentioned, yeah, very, very raw, um, you know, signed with, uh, signed with Maryland coming out of high school out of, you know, sort of like Florida's panhandle uh, was a Tennessee commit for a little bit and, uh, you know, landed at Maryland and, you know, had a pretty productive uh, true freshman year, played plenty, really finished off strong with those last three games and then generated, you know, tons of SEC, you know, Florida, Tennessee, again, Florida state, Miami were awesome schools battling it out. You know, once he decided to, you know, enter his name and, you know, test that market. So, you know, I know Miami's really, really excited about him again. I kind of going back to that three, four look, I mean, you want your Vince Wilfork type, again, maybe not 330, 340 or whatever it is, but man, you have that space eater in the middle that's strong, that's long, and that you know can definitely make things difficult. I think he's going to be a nice little piece to mix in there, especially pairing him next to, you know, again, all the other guys, like next to an Akeem Mesador or a Leonard Taylor yeah. or a Jake Lichtenstein, who's also really long and big, you know, at 6'6". Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of different things that you can do with him, and I think the ceiling is is pretty high with him. And he's, uh, he's definitely become a, a stronger college prospect than maybe he was, you know, in high school. I'm just thinking about all those passes. He's going to bat down at the line yeah. of scrimmage. Like, <laughs> it's going to be insane. This is why like, you know, people are like, Hey, you know, quarterbacks don't necessarily have to be super tall. You do when you're going up against defensive linemen who are that long, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of other players. Let's talk about uh, a couple of uh, incoming defensive ends as freshmen. Uh, Nigelique Kelly, who was a, a big get in recruiting, and Cyrus Moss, who looked really good in the spring. Um, how much of an impact do you think these players could have year one? I mean, I think the benefit of this group is that you can make sure that those guys sort of ease their way into it. I mean, Cyrus Moss, obviously a freaky long talent. I mean, I think, uh, you know, people obviously want to put some weight on him was definitely lean coming in. I mean, that's just kind of how he was. He was a safety in high school at one point and kind of grew into a, a, like an edge type of prospect. So again, someone Miami's super, super excited about, but I think someone that needs to just grow and mature physically, which is totally fine. I think he understood that coming in. Um, Nigel e. Kelly is another one that I think could, I mean, I, I just I think the world of Nigel e. Kelly watching him in high school, I mean, just an absolute motor, something not a lot of people realize with Nigel. E. He won't turn 18 years old until like August or September. So he is he's really, really young for his age. I mean, there's kids that are, you know, juniors in high school right now. I think like Robbie and Bobby Washington are already 18 years old and they're committed in the 2023 class. Nigel e. Kelly's enrolled in college, early enrollee and, uh, you know, was at 17 years old i mean he's a pup and uh you know i think he's someone that again his best football is still way ahead of him he had that shoulder issue that kept him out but i think he's someone that maybe later on in the year he you could start mixing him in but i think for right now it's about just making sure he's getting bigger faster stronger because again i mean really he could be a class of 2023 prospect that he's enrolled at miami uh -huh. right now uh doing just incredible things and was just dominant on the defense for Dillard last year. So people in Core Gables are really, really excited about both those guys. Uh, you know, Nigel e. Kelly was a really big land for Miami. So let's talk about like who is in the pipeline for class of 2023, whether it be, you know, traditional D linemen or even a couple of the guys who are top athletes who project out as defensive linemen. Like, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Collins Achampo, yeah. um, the Nichols Harbor, the track stud, from D.C. who's probably going to be an edge rusher. You know, wh where is Miami when it comes to some of the top D-line talent for the class of 2023? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a wide net right now. And, uh, you know, those are the types of recruiting battles Miami definitely wants to be in. I mean, you you mentioned Colin DeChampong. I don't even know how to say his last name. But, yeah, he's officially, you know, taking that final official visit to Miami the weekend of Legends Camp. You know, he's kind of always said that, uh, you know, Miami's been recruiting him the, har the hardest. Uh, Nicholas Harbor put Miami in that top seven. I mean, I, I'd always sort of been hearing that. You know, Miami felt like they would at least get a visit from him at some point. Uh, not sure when that happens. But, uh, you know, again, they're in that sort of top group. And, I mean, talk about freak athlete. I mean, this is like an all-time freak athlete, like a potential Olympian type of freak athlete. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a really big deal. And then, I mean, there's a bunch of other names that you can sort of rattle off there. Like on the interior, I mean, five-star David Hicks. He's coming on an official visit this weekend. Uh, so is four-star Sidir Mitchell out of Bergen Catholic, which is a pretty good program up there in New Jersey. And then, you, of course, you go Ruben Bain, uh, Jordan Hall up in Jacksonville. Uh, Darren Reed up in Georgia, who's a big four star, you know, Ohio State might be in a good spot. I mean, then you got like guys like John Walker and Derek LeBlanc out of Orlando that Miami's, uh, you know, still fighting, clawing their way for with schools like, you know, I mean, for John Walker, Ohio State, Michigan are involved. So is Florida and, you know, Florida definitely in there for Derek LeBlanc, too, is also considering uh Oklahoma so a lot of guys just you know on the interior defensive line uh, James Smith is someone too, a guy kid from Alabama who like every SE school in the country wants so uh, uh, you know definitely some big names there and then you know definitely more edge guys too if you want to get into those as well well listen uh, I do want to get into a little bit more on the other side and also staffing addition now we knew he was coming but Miami did officially announce yeah. Roland Smith UM alum former central coach. Uh, they announced his role officially. And I also, I, I want to offer some tweets from the people out there who have their takes on the defensive line. I got takes on built bar. I actually just ate a built bar right before the show started. I, I should have like just waited and eaten the built bar during the built bar commercial, the new caramel brownie built bar. It is fire. Don't you love a chewy chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? It's so good guys. What if I told you, you can have all of that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein. You're in luck because Caramel Brownie Built Bars are available at Built.com right now. And you got to act fast because, yeah, they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. A lot better for you. The macros are unreal. Only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built's Caramel Brownie Bar in a heartbeat. And the best part, Caramel Brownie Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. With Built, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both, guys. And all of Built's bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently. There are millions of reasons why you should try Built Bars. But for now, let's just say that Caramel Brownies will rock your world, and that is not an understatement. With Built, Tasty is the new healthy. Go to built.com to get your box of caramel brownie bars now. Go to built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. Alex Dono here with Gabby Arudia. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your pods. So let's let's come full circle uh, here, Gabby, on the current offensive, uh, the current defensive line crop. We, we've talked about standouts. Give me a player or two this season who you think are sleepers that people aren't expecting that you think could really break out and have nice seasons. Yeah, I mean, one you mentioned earlier, Jared Harrison Hunt. I mean, I think he again, he's someone that I'm not writing off quite yet. Again, I I am I'm big on like the athletic profile and what he can do athletically and. uh 
You know, I think he's someone that, you know, if he's at the right weight, which I'm his last year, um, you know, I think that he's someone that can really sort of impress. And I think it's notable that he didn't transfer. I think with all these additions, you know, I, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised to see one or two of these guys to say, hey, you know, five defensive linemen, like, you know, I'm probably not going to have much of a shot here. And, you know, Jared Harrison Hunt stuck it out. I think that's a, I think that's a pretty big deal. And, uh, you know, I think Miami has some big plans for him. I'll give you is definitely Elijah Roberts. I know people in, in Coral Gables are Good really, call. really high on him. Um, again, you talk about, we talk about Akeem Mesador as like a versatile piece um, that, you know, could sort of play inside and outside. I mean, I, I think Elijah Roberts is someone that can definitely do a lot of the same. And, you know, I think people had really high expectations for him to coming out of this spring. You know, I heard during those, that fourth quarter program during those off season workouts, he was someone that was really, really laughing, you know, just doing a lot of really good things. And then he got injured. I think I'm pretty sure it was day one of spring football. And then, uh, you know, was obviously out and has sort of still been building, working his way back uh, since. But, uh, I mean, Jared Harrison Hunt, Elijah, uh, Elijah Roberts are two guys I'm definitely not ready to write off for Miami yet. By the way, everyone, make sure you remember you could tweet us. Uh, we follow you back when you follow us at Locked on Canes is the show Twitter handle. Uh, we got some good tweets from ATM All Teams Miami. Uh, he also gives a shout out for Harrison Hunt. He says breakout player will be Jared Harrison Hunt. His sleeper is Chance Williams. He says his sack leader is Akeem Mesador. Uh, 305 Kane Fanatic says his standout will be Mesador. He gets a lot of love, and I understand why. He says yeah. his sack leader will be Mitchell Agude, and his sleepers are Roberts, who you talked about, and he also throws in Moss and Moultrie. And I get the sense people people are pretty high on Miami's defensive line. And oh, yeah. I, I love the excitement. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of reasons to be excited, man. I mean, again, this is a. This might be the deepest group on the team. I mean, maybe outside of safety, uh, yeah. but like that defensive line. I mean, again, it's when you go out and get five quality guys. Again, these aren't just five random guys that these are five guys that have started games at the Power Five. Oh, like other than uh, uh, Moultrie, all all four of those guys, four of them have started games at the Power Five level. Moultrie was a second team All Conference player at the Group of Five level. I mean, these are all guys that have done it. They're not a you know these aren't just random dudes. These are, these guys have all played at a, you know, some big time football and have actually contributed on defenses. I mean, there's a lot of reason why throwing in five new names alongside with the group that they sort of already have, you know, is, is sort of promising. I mean, I'm excited about this group. I think the defensive line is definitely one of the strong suits of, of Kevin Steele's defense. Now we got uh, some breaking news within the last 12 hours and it's like quote unquote breaking news. Cause I think we've yeah. known for several, we've known for several months that, he was going to be on the staff, but Miami officially announced Roland Smith, former Canes player, former Miami Central head coach. Uh, he gets the opportunity to, you know, come back to the crib, come back to the U. He's going to be Gabby, the director of high school relations. So obviously this is going to be a big deal for recruiting. Uh, what right. kind of an impact do you think Roland Smith can make? Yeah, I mean the type of impact he's already made. I mean, he's it's it's yeah. crazy how Miami does these uh these like hires where these guys have been around for like months already like Roland Smith's been around the team for like three four months already and then just now yeah. they're officially announcing it I mean I don't know why they do it think do things that way but it is what it is uh so yeah Roland Smith has already made such a big impact on Miami I mean he's he's been around the program he's he's definitely like that bridge between high school coaches um uh, considering the relationship I mean just really I mean who he is within the 
especially South Florida high school community. I mean, Central winning a ton of state titles. I mean, he definitely, you know, earned his flowers and a chance to, you know, get it done at the college level. And, you know, I think he's someone that brings a lot of wisdom, especially to some of the younger coaches on staff. Um, I think he's someone that, again, with, when you're talking about, you know, mending relationships or build or continuing to, you know, build on top those relationships with Miami and some of these sort of high schools and, you know, Broward, you know, Broward County all the way up through, you know, really the state. I mean, I think Roland Smith is someone that, uh, you know, definitely has a strong reputation for really anyone that's that's contacting Miami or coming through with Miami. And, you know, his name is popping up on their phone. Uh, so, you know, I think that that's a, a home run for for Mario Cristobal. I think that's a, one of the smartest moves he's made is, is bringing in Roland Smith because, uh, you know, you definitely want to have him on your side of all this especially him being an alum so um i i absolutely love that move i'm happy for him too you know as a guy that you know really just sort of earned it at the high school level and what he did at central was just incredible i i was talking to larry bluestein one time on the sidelines of a of a game at trash pal i can't remember which one but i'm pretty sure central was playing and he told me that uh you know it should be Traz pals uh, it should be roland smith field at Traz pal stadium considering how much at that stadium, obviously, you know, where a bunch of the inner city schools play like Miami Northwestern, Miami Central, Norland, all these different schools. So, I mean, that's the type of respect that Nor that Roland Smith has, you know, in the South Florida community that, uh, you know, people think he's worthy of, of that honor. That's fantastic. Uh, Gabby does a great job, as always. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Gabby Arudia 24-7. Make sure you check out his work inside the U. 24-7 sports and on the Through the Smoke podcast, you and David Lake do a fantastic job. Gabby, thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely, Dono. Anytime, man. Love it. Absolutely loaded. Guys, thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Now make your second listen the Locked on NBA Big Board podcast hosted by Raphael Barlow. They give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and of course, big boards. Follow Locked on NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, We will talk to you guys tomorrow. A lot more recruiting tomorrow. John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated will join us on another episode of Locked on Canes on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.